Complete. Wow, that was wow, weird. Wow, that was a deep Could exhalation. Could you do a jinx on, a, on an outbreath? Yeah, right? Wow, that was crazy. Oh, well. Why did I call it, it an outbreath? <laughs> Man, I'm all backwards already. Whew, it's Saturday. It is Saturday. Cl- no hangover for me because of Lent. It's Lent. Yay. But it. <laughs> Woohoo. <laughs> Creating remarkable memories. And what better topic to talk about today than funerals? <laughs> <laughs> but before we get to that, let me ask you a question. Please, question master. When's the last time you told someone what they really mean to you and you were nervous to do it? Wow. Or did you chicken out? Oh, wow. I'm okay, not so talking this... about your partner, your parents. I'm talking about you would have surprised this person if you told them what they meant to you. I think I'm disqualified. I really do. Well, here's the thing. You had me at when was the last time you told somebody exactly what they meant to you? Paraphrasing. Where you lost me was and I was nervous to do it. Okay. I'm never nervous to do it. Very if, good. if I have any energy propelling it, it's not anxiety, it's excitement. I feel like a lot of listeners would be nervous to tell someone what they meant to them. Wow, Genuinely I relish the opportunity. Tell them. I'm the opposite. I'm the I'm a total opposite. But then again, it could be the way I was raised. It could be my love affair with gratitude. Mm-hmm. Or it, and my fascination with gratitude, or it could be the many, many years of being a gerontologist and attending funerals and watching that process take place, but without which, the guest of honor. <laughs> which are all good for great breakdowns of how you get to that lot in life. Right. To not be nervous, to tell someone how they make you feel. Yeah. And again, we're, I'm dancing around the gift of the day. But why, why, do we, why do we wait to share our innermost feelings and thoughts with a person in a box? Is it, is it, I think you might be on to something, Michelle. Is it fear? Is it anxiety? Is it embarrassment? Is it the thought that tomorrow's promised that you put it off and wait till they're gone to spill your guts? Uh, what is it? Are, are you afraid of their reaction? What holds you back? Non-reaction? Their non-reaction. That's even mm-hmm. more paralyzing. And so it's not worth it to take the chance that you could and just completely blow their mind and bring them to a space of feeling no other feeling, which is to be appreciated. You're going to hold back? Ugh, don't get me started. I'm already in a good mood. I don't, don't want to <laughs> be in a bad mood. But that, that notion really irritates me. All right. Yeah. I I'm already tell. fired up. Yeah, let's get into the gift <laughs> of the day. Great question, though. And that's the first one that I think you've uh, successfully stumped me on mm. because I don't fit in that. I just, I don't. I, I take every opportunity to tell people around me how I feel about them. And yeah, I do it with passion and desire and commitment. Uh, I told uh, the person I'm seeing right now just yesterday how I felt about them and how they amaze me in the distance that they've traveled in their academia and I said, you know, look, you know, you, you compare yourself to me all the time. I've got the three degrees and a history of teaching and yada, yada. But I came from a family that had education. My sister has almost as many degrees as I do. My dad had two degrees. So I didn't, I didn't really come that far. It's, you know, I use the, the, I I use the example. I use the example of, okay, so I became a doctor. Well, my dad was a doctor. 
So that's not that big of a leap. You didn't really take the ball and run too much further than your family. She comes from an environment where her family has zero education and they live in the sticks in a trailer. And her, her growing up education was from the sticks in a public school. And she has surpassed my education. That is remarkable. And it was worth remarking about. Mm-hmm. And it caught her off guard. Mm. And why not point that out? And, and oh, I'll add another one. So I'm not a typical male. Oh, see, dudes don't like it when their little ladies have more skills or education or make more money than they do. Uh-huh. So a lot of that could be held back by jealousy. Now that's a real dick reason to hold back. And that's the quickest way to have that person exit your life for somebody like me. (laughs) (laughs) Don't say he didn't warn you. Yeah. (laughs) Very good. All right. Let's get into the gift of the day. Yeah. Throw it at me. (laughs) It took me attending over a hundred funerals to realize the absolute absurdity of the ritual. Waiting until the person is dead to pay them our respects is asinine. Word. Letting them know how you feel today is the way to go. Waiting until it's too late, we fix that. OMG. So as a gerontologist, as you might imagine, and and, and I have to say it started at a young age because I have such a gigantic family on both sides, my dad and my mom. My, my, My mom had multiple aunts and uncles. She was an only child, but she had lots of cousins. My father was the youngest of five. And each one of their, each one of uh, his siblings had no less than three kids. So, I mean, I was surrounded by lots and lots of people. And of course, that uh, the sad side of that is that you're going to lose them someday. So by the time I was 15, I'd already gone to dozens of, of funerals, right? Okay. But that all changed when I became a gerontologist. I started going to the funerals of my patients and my 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 residence would be the right terminology. And it was like the same thing over and over. Just insert name here, Mm -hmm. insert crying widow here, insert guilty, didn't visit him enough over here, insert at least one totally addicted drunkard who's going to come in and and make a a total mockery of the situation is only there for the finger sandwiches. It got... To me, I was finally to the point where I was repulsed by it. But in speaking at these events, I was tapped on the shoulder by one of the priests that worked in Sonoma and said, hey, you you are way better at delivering these eulogies than I am. You've got that gift of putting words together in sincerity and and your delivery is spot on. Would you like a sideline of writing eulogies? I'm like, well, okay, I'm down for that. And I could do that because number one, I, I didn't have a connection, so it wasn't like killing me to write these words, which turns out that was the juice. And it was actually more effective when I did know them. Mm-hmm. But I, I could also feel good about the fact that the average eulogy is discombobulated and sucks. People aren't thinking in the moment because it's it's now a trauma, right? Right. So I would deliver these eulogies or I would, I would hand them to the family. To do, I would sit down with them and map it out. Okay, what kind of a person is he? What kind of a person would he like to be remembered as, more importantly? And let's not bend the truth too terribly because people in the audience are going to roll their eyes. So let's let's keep it real to and some degree. And you really had to say that, huh? Oh, yeah. All the time. Well, and, and nobody really argued with me. Right. People would start to laugh. They'd be like, oh, yeah, this guy was kind of a dick. But, <laughs> okay, let's make him sound like less of a dick. Uh-huh. 
Okay, but let's not forget he was a dick, right? But what got to me was the the the, the people that would wail in the process releasing the fact that they'd never quote had the opportunity to tell him why I was still alive and I'm like fuck you guys I didn't say that but I, I really wanted to that's what I was feeling under the table I'd pinch myself with my fingernails so I'm like you guys had the opportunity he was 85 years old mm. how old are you 55 60 you had 60 years to tell him don't tell me there wasn't an opportunity you chose to procrastinate you froze you did exactly what you said Michelle which was to hesitate and to, to, why did you hold back? I don't know. You yeah, just held you, back. You chickened out. Right. Really. So I believe that some of these people go, I, I can see it on their faces. They come to a funeral. They have written something beautiful. They deliver it. They feel really good about themselves. And they sit back down on the pew and go about their business sitting right next to someone that could absolutely hear those same words and it would benefit from it. But instead, those words were delivered to a dead body in a box. That is, does anybody see how stupid this is? I love the clarity you bring because it is very eye-opening. I think people get so distracted by the emotion of a funeral mm -hmm. that they've never really broken it down. Look at all of us. Here we are gathered together for one person only because they died. Now this person doesn't know that we've gathered because they're dead. Can I keep saying that out loud? Right. Why not gather for the person when they're alive and let them know how you feel so that they can carry those nourishing neurochemicals into their body and feel loved in the moment, in life? So how many times would you say you attended a funeral that someone got up and was not sad, was actually overjoyed that there was nothing left unsaid to this person and it's, it's hard to feel sad for this person because they led a full life and they knew how, how much I loved them, et cetera, et cetera. I can only give you one example and I'm speaking from my heart. I'm speaking the absolute truth and I'm being authentic. Okay. I was that one person. Really? 100%. Even though my dad's death was an absolute shock, even though it was unexpected, he was killed by a distracted driver. Mm. I got up there. And I, I had a pictorial eulogy set to music with fond reflection of all the things that it represented to me. But my, my eulogy was short and sweet. We did everything we wanted to do together. We had just had that conversation. We always shared our mutual affection for one another. The last words I said to him when I hung up the phone the day prior to his death was, I love you. I have zero unfinished business with this man. Nothing left unsaid. Mic drop. Ooh, chills. Yeah, but it was authentic. It was absolutely real. Now, could I have said that at my mother's funeral? No, because I had unfinished business. There was an issue with communication between my mother and I, and it wasn't until her dying breaths that she admitted she wasn't the greatest mother on the planet. She apologized. And so I I held back a bit, but I still, I, uh, compared to the average person, she knew exactly how I felt about her. Mm-hmm. But there was some unfinished business. I wish I could have gotten some time back with her. And that's why I'm here to tell you guys. Stop fucking around. Don't go and wait to a funeral. You know what? I'm boycotting funerals. And I'll tell you what. Here we go again, Michelle. I'm going to say it out loud uh, against, against everybody else's wishes. COVID has brought us some good things. Mm -hmm. The fact that COVID has stopped funerals is brilliant. We've learned to live without funerals. Funerals should be banned. 
You sh- if you're going to a funeral, you're an idiot. This is not, you know, go to a go to a healing circle for your own healing, for your own closure, for your own processing. Please don't don't let's let's redo this whole thing, mm-hmm. right? Let's not make the dead person the center of this event, and lavish them with commentary that we were fools to not lavish them with while they were living and present. Let's do a healing circle. I sound all woo-woo. I don't even know what a healing circle is. I'm just using terms. <laughs> I'm going with it, though. Yeah. I... I'm sure there is something called a healing circle because circles are important because you can see each other. So I'm just assuming that there is such a thing. And if I'm using it out of context, I apologize. And don't shame me for not knowing the current language. But if you if we continue to go on the same path, and this is what I've said all along, COVID has shaken it up. We need to, to readjust and go, right, COVID showed us we don't need funerals. I feel They're like... a waste of time and money. I feel like this goes back to our podcast about question authority, question laws, question right. why you do what you do. This Don't be is a sheeple. A perfect example. Maybe it is time to rethink the funeral. Absolutely. You know, I authored the eulogy party. Now, I couldn't come up with a better term. Maybe some of our brilliant listeners can come up with a term. But I think I may have shared this with you. I was so sick of the thought of going to these funerals of dead people and listening to all these people pour their hearts out about the dead person thinking this is a huge waste. And how many times have you heard somebody say, I'd love to be a fly on the wall at my own funeral. Why would they say that? They would say that because they're not able to hear what people really think about them while they're living. What a fucking joke. So what I did was I created this surprise party for my sister and I called it a eulogy party. And I said, come prepared Mm -hmm. to act as if she has gone and tell us how you really feel about her. But instead of being in a box dead, she's going to be sitting there right in front of you. People went out of their minds. They came in droves. Her soccer coach she hadn't seen in 10 years. Uh, family friends that we hadn't seen forever. People were, this was before Skype and Zoom. They, they sent us DVDs of them videoed their eulogy and how much they appreciated my sister. They, some people brought poster boards like you would to a funeral. People bought flowers. It was the most amazing feeling to have created that for her. That's what we should be doing. Not that waiting is... until they're dead. It's idiotic. What the <clears throat> humanity? Fantastic. What is going on with us? We have the stupidest rituals and they know we just follow it blindly. We, they are sort of insane when you break it down like this. People don't see things like I do. You're right. They just go ahead and go with it. What's a funeral? Well, it's when you go talk good about a person you've never talked good about, and instead of being alive, they're dead. That's funeral. That's your mm-hmm. definition. Mm-hmm. And somehow we're supposed to heal one another by being there together and, and being sad together and hugging each other, and then going getting plowed, if you're Irish like I am, uh, usually at the wake you're plowed. The next morning's a funeral, you're plowed again, and then you're eating all kinds of food you shouldn't eat, and then you miss them three days later. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's almost a paraphrasing of the song Finnegan's Wake. Oh, I haven't dropped in music in a while. There you go. Uh, I'm going to drop in some Finnegan's Wake. And we're coming up on St. Pat's as it is. So I'm, I'm getting excited, even though I'm not drinking. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Wow. Yeah. So lots, lots of. So like, much greatness in this podcast. I love this one. Lot, lots of lessons in here. Oh, I love it. Please listen. Please, please follow it. You know, again, my. My, my aim, and we, Michelle and I have been talking about this, we, we tell these stories, but we don't necessarily give advice. My advice is to spread this word, to, to, to take this to heart, to meditate on 
not just the funerals, but meditate on other things that we do that's like, what the hell? Why have I been doing this? You just Someday you'll wake up, hopefully it's not too late, and realize you've been doing a whole bunch of things and you didn't know why. What's the why behind the what? The why behind the what in a funeral is idiotic. The whole impetus of this, and I get it, it's supposed to be, eh, we're, we're paying our respects. No, you're not. You're showing how much disrespect you had for that person by not telling them the things when they were alive. Ouch. Okay, pull me out of this because I'm still, I'm just, I'm hot as a firecracker. No, you know, it's it's weird. You're saying some harsh things, but it's all true. It makes you think, Thank David. You. I'm, I'm sitting here over here in a very pensive state <laughs> going, how have I done things so wrong? And yeah. I think I'm one of those people who are nervous to tell people what I think about them because they're going to look at me like I have three heads or that's the impression. Yeah. No, But you right. know what the reality is? Everybody wants to hear something nice about themselves. L- let me make it even more clear. I don't intend on coming back because I will not have any unfinished business in this mm-hmm. realm when I'm done because mm-hmm. my whole my whole purpose for being here is improving the quality of life of humanity and this podcast is part of it. The workshops are part of it. The free lectures that I do are part of it. The teaching that I do is part of it. Raising my family was part of it. Leading by example is a part of it. I'm not coming back for any reason. Except if you throw a motherfucking funeral for me, and, and I'll tell you what, you know who else didn't have a funeral? Who? Someone in my family. Doris Day did not have a funeral. Mm. Yeah. If you throw a funeral for me, I will come back and I will haunt everybody who went to it. <laughs> I will turn your Pepsi into Coke <laughs> or something like that. And you know what? Don't put me in a box. Don't put a goddamn... Don't don't take valuable land and put a huge stone etched with my name. That means nothing. That's bullshit. Why do we bury people? Ooh. What the fuck is that? Well, let's build all this this uh, large land into holes where we put people, and there's a stone to commemorate them. This is what you're gonna remember me as? A piece of stone? <laughs> no. If you don't remember me for all the good things I did while on this planet, I don't deserve to be remembered. Mm. And a stone is an insult. If I'm remembered just because there's a a piece of of granite that's got my name typed into it, I didn't do my job. You know, when I went to the Taos Reservation, which is just outside of Santa Fe, when I say just outside, it's like a really, really long, curvy (laughs) 45-minute drive. They blew my mind. So they had a very small plot of land for their dead. Mm. And I'm like, how in the world are you burying your dead in just this small plot of land? You know what they do? What? Friggin' Indians. So smart. And yes, I am Indian. So I have a little bit of pride in this. They bury their dead. They stick the stick in the ground in remembrance of that person. When the stick falls down, they bury another person in the same spot. Oh. Buzzing. Not wasting a whole lot of land, and they just make that their burial area. It's not this shrine, this whole hillside uh-huh. of, of dead bodies. I mean, acres and acres, acres. of... Have you ever been to Colma, California? Mm-mm. Oh, I can't remember what... I can't think of it called Slab City. Oh. Because it's it, the vast majority of the residents of Colma are dead. It's vast. Wow. It's, it's basically the burial ground for San Francisco. Hmm. Yeah. When you die in San Francisco, you'll wind up in coma. I'm gonna that, that is up. so ridiculous to me. Yeah. All of this is ridiculous. It, it, 
it seems a bit silly, right? Yeah. What? Okay. So how? Let me ask you this, Michelle. Personal question: How many people do you have in graves in your family right now? Uh, immediately five. Okay. Let me ask you this: How often do you how, visit? I knew that was coming. <laughs> I think I've visited one of the burial sites twice. Yeah. And, and it's been a long time. And you're probably on the head of the curve. My grandfather is buried. He had full veterans honors. For whatever reason, they insisted on burying him. I haven't been to the gravesite since he died mm-hmm. in 1985. Wow. Yeah. It, it's foolish. It is yeah. absolutely foolish. It's, 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 it's one of the stupidest rituals. Absolutely. So that's a great segue. I hear the... Uh, death bell in the background <laughs> for whom the bell tolls oh that's I, i'm gonna drop that in too this is i'm gonna instead of doing the the traditional bell ringing in the background we're gonna do for who the bell tolls by metallica <laughs> give it a second here it comes And that brings up our energy a little bit. So let's take that (laughs) and let's go from there with our homework, Michelle. Can you see where this is going? What our homework is? (laughs) You're going to write someone's eulogy tonight. And I'm talking a couple sentences. You're going to get five sentences of the chunkiest, meatiest, most heartfelt things you can say to this person. And then? You're going to tell them. Damn straight you are. You're going to tell oh, them. Boy. I mean, I, I just, I feel really good knowing that that homework's going to be out in the ether. That people are actually going to undertake this. I really, undertake. <laughs> <laughs> I really, <laughs> I really want to hear feedback on this one. I do too. Yeah. From both the recipient, but also the person that delivered it. How did it feel to deliver it? And how did it feel to receive it? I, I bet they're equal. I do too. Yeah. This is some rich, rich stuff. Great homework, Michelle. I like this one. All right. Lots of crazy, as usual, highly emotionally charged things flying around. Wisdom bombs like crazy. I just tried to submarine an entire industry. Uh (laughs) Sorry, everybody. Michelle, what is your MDM? Aside from completely rethinking and revamping the whole funeral scene i love the thoughtfulness circle but more than anything leave nothing left unsaid oh that is definitely a mic drop moment oh i love it perfect to end this saturday's episode with get out there and fly that kite yako keep
Hi everyone, thanks for tuning in to today's gift of the day. Check back tomorrow for another gift from your friends at the Red Kite Movement. his head when another note whiskey blew at him. It missed and fallen on the bed, the liquor scattered over Tim. Tim revived, see how he rises, till they rise and from the bed. Says, pull your whiskey around like blazes. Panaman deal, do you think I'm dead? Work for the Dano, dance to your partner with the floor. Your brother's shake wasn't it? The truth I told you, lots of fun that Billy can's way.